0: A Phoenix is a mythical bird who regenerates and rises from the ashes from which it has burned. While our guest today is not mythical, her journey is in fact very real. We will, however, call her Phoenix because her rise has been nothing short of magical. Welcome to an episode in our Girl, I've Been There Too series. This series profiles our sisters who have been where you are. They know the stress, pain, confusion, relief, anger, and everything in between that you are feeling about divorce because they've been there too. This is real life and real talk because sometimes that's what we really need They are sharing their experiences so that you too will know that you are not alone, that your grown girl community is behind you, and that you're grown. You got this. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Girl I've Been There Too. I am really looking forward to this conversation today with our guest because I think, yet again, this is another example of resilience and knowing that there's so much more to life than a relationship that didn't turn out the way that we had anticipated. And so I think that of all of the um, episodes that we have done, I think this is the one that truly may resonate with a lot of women, especially if you were young and in love Um, and had your whole life kind of planned out. Um, But as we know, you know, we make plans and then life happens. So with that, I want to welcome our guest today. And you guys know, she will be anonymous to protect her privacy and that of her family. But I do want her to share just a little bit about herself with us so that um, listeners can connect.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. I do want to First, just take a step back and just wrap my arms around you with gratitude and appreciation because when i got divorced i wish i had an outlet like this because i felt so lonely and isolated i just didn't know who to turn to who to talk to or just someone that i can just be vulnerable with who understood what i was going through and so this is such a perfect safe space and i just Value for recognizing that and doing this. I just want to thank you for that. So, thank you. But, hi, you asked me to tell me who I am or not who I am. I'm already emotional. You can't, like,
0: I'm like, oh, yes. I'm okay.
1: Yes. So, we were together. I'm giving you a tissue right now. (laughs) But, thank you. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Well overdue. Well overdue and something that is really needed. So, thank you for recognizing that.
0: Well, thank you very much. And and thank you, you know, certainly for sharing. And so, yes, I, you know, um, tell us a little bit about you and, you know, so that we can uh, connect with you in a way that I know, but that others can know.
1: Sure. So um, I, um, in college, was uh, so excited to uh, go away to school. I was the first girl in my family to uh, actually... I'm I'm the first person actually to go away uh, to school um, outside of, of this of the city that I was living in. So I'm super excited to go on and to have the college campus lifestyle, um, new on campus. So very excited um, just to grow and to learn and um, not be living with my parents, <laughs> so, <laughs> which is a huge plus, right? Every yes. every excited for that. Um, but yeah, I met my um, my uh, Mr. Someone, that's what I'm going to say, I'm going to met Mr. Someone um, freshman year of college. And um, that's where we met. It was what most people thought was um, a great little college fairy tale. Um, he was an athlete, and um, I was uh, his biggest fan. I was um, always just supportive. And Cheering him on and loving him, and um, in the beginning he was the same to me. Um, he always made me feel that I was the most beautiful person in the room and the most important person in the room, and for that um, I, I I I just adored him for that. And um, that's how I met Mister Someone.
0: I love it. I, I, you know, looking back and thinking back to the early years of college and mm-hmm. being young and you know, naive in many ways, right. Cause we all were, um, and falling in love mm-hmm. and not really having kind of life experience.
1: 0 none <laughs>
0: And so I, I think for many of us, it was so easy mm-hmm. to find ourselves in these relationships and these are adult relationships, right? Like sure. this is like real, but you're still a child and still figuring it out. And so, you know, here you are, freshman year in this relationship, Mm -hmm. things are going, you're dating. Would you say, as you look back now, were there signs from the very beginning? Or was it one of those things where it wasn't until well into the relationship that you're like, eh, maybe this isn't for me. (sighs)
1: So if I were to go back and talk to my 17, 18 year old self, um, there were definitely signs, but I was just like you said. I was, you know, a child who was in an adult relationship. You know, I didn't have bills. I was in college. I was right. just like, <laughs> um, but I thought I was an adult. that I was grown. But I was not grown at all. <laughs> at all. You no, know, swiping with my dining hall card to eat food. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, there are definite signs. Um, when I look back and realize that, uh, we had such different, um, families, such different values. Um, and what I noticed was, um, and he, he mentioned this to me and I believe he resented me for it later. I know he did. Um, he changed the way he dressed, he changed, you know, the music he listened to, um, he became, um, so supportive of me. And what I liked that um, I thought it was sweet. I thought it was just a great courtship because he just was so loving and and uh, wanting to make certain changes. But I I believe if you have to change who you are and make so many drastic changes, just the relationship would work. Then then you're not you're not showing who you really are. And that person isn't loving you for who you really are. And that to me is a big problem. So um, I didn't see that as, as an issue as a college freshman. I thought, oh, that's so cool that um, he went and bought a polo shirt because he thought I would <laughs> like a polo shirt. Um, but um, there, there were definitely just some different taste in, um, you know, music or, um, and that that that's not a, a no. That's not a, a deal breaker. But um, there were some fundamental things um, that. Um, should have bothered me, but didn't, but that's just lack of maturity, not, not realizing and understanding,
0: you know, but I think that's really important to, um, give voice to, because the idea of changing, right? Like you Mm -hmm. think about all of the relationships that we're in, whether it's work relationships or as parents, or, um, you know, even in friendships and you think about, you know, do I change in different ways to Mm -hmm. show up? for different people. Um, And is it about me or is it about them? And so I think that the idea that you're in this intimate relationship and in many ways, yeah, I think people, you want to make this other person happy. And so, yes, I'll dress a certain way or maybe I'll listen to, you know, whatever the Mm -hmm. music is. But I do think, and I hear you saying, but there's a line, right? When you start to really put on, kind of a mask and really can't be who you truly are then that becomes problematic but you reference that you believe at some point there was resentment and that became mm-hmm. um an issue talk to us a little bit about kind of the idea of you know where you feel like he started to resent you um because of some of that because he wasn't maybe able to be no. the person he thought he was
1: that's a good question. Um, that's a really good question. And, and when you're in college, you're, um, you're so hopeful for the future and you yeah. don't really know who you are. Um, you're trying to find that that best version of, of yourself, but you also make mistakes. Uh, you skid your knees, um, you, you, you try different things, but you're still learning who you are. You're learning what your boundaries are. You're learning, you know, outside of the purview of your parents, you're learning. You know where where are my boundaries what what are the true things that outside of parental guidance what is important to me what values do i have and so uh, the relationship didn't it, it it was great in the beginning uh because that love there was so strong and we had a lot of supportive friends okay um it was a you know just I, I'm in a sorority and so my sorority sisters knew that um, he um, had a crush on me and he always just made okay. me feel just so wonderful. Like I was his prize. And so uh, when we did make it official, I mean, we were officially together, uh, we had such an audience or such a big group of friends that supported the relationship. And yeah. so it made it fun because yeah. uh, it was this fun story of, um a guy and a girl who met and they had such different backgrounds, but they fell in love and so my thought was despite our differences we can just make this work um and so I wish I was mature enough to see that um to change who you are fundamentally does not equate to being your true self and so there are different comments that were made um um that made me realize that okay You made these changes so that this relationship would work, but you sacrificed who you are. And so those comments became uh, parts of strong arguments and uh, really hurtful conversations to the point where it paralyzed the growth of our relationship.
0: I want to sit with that for a minute because I think that many women find themselves in that situation where, Mm -hmm. and, and, and can't articulate it in the way that you just did, when you change who you are, right. And, and truly you're trying to become someone that, that you're not right. And, and what that does to you, but also what it does to your relationship mm-hmm. in many ways, right. Um, it's setting a foundation for a lie, um, because it's not sustainable. Right. Mm, So in order to really be part of a healthy, happy relationship, which is, you know, all about what grown girl divorce is all about in in terms of supporting and and all of us finding um, healthy and happy relationships. But if you're starting from a place where you start to notice and recognize that I really cannot be who I truly am what does mm-hmm. that mean? Not just for me, but what does it mean um, in terms of our relationship? And, and, you know, frankly, what it means is that mm-hmm. um, we're not being truthful. And mm-hmm. at some point, as you, you know, soon learned it and we'll get to that, um, it, it it can't continue one way or the other, right? Because with each kind of passing day and you're continuing to walk down this path where, it's i'm not being who i am or they're not being who they truly are there's this building resentment and mm-hmm. then it becomes you know this manifestation of kind of a pushing against right like oh, so we yeah. start to push against um you know the this idea of of who we are and and who the relationship uh, wants us to be um so tell me you know here you in college you've got this great group of friends now in this great relationship Did you guys date throughout college? So, you know, freshman year all the way through senior year?
1: We dated throughout college. He was one year older than I was, Okay. um, he was one grade above me. And so um, we dated throughout college. Um, He went on and played professional sports. And so um, with him being a grade above me, um, I still, of course, finished school, wanted to make sure, you know, education was always something that um, no no one can take your education from you. That's huge. Um, yep. That's something that is really important to me. And especially with African-American history and knowing that, you know, our ancestors died to learn how to read or were yes. punished for their education. Education is something that that I, tro- I I hold true to me and something that's very important. So I wanted to finish school. Yeah. I did finish school. He was supportive of that. And um, as his career blossomed, um, I, I I paused with my with my furtherance of my career because I wanted to focus on him. Okay. I thought in my mind that's what a good wife does. A good wife, in my mind, at the time. Uh, was someone that uh, focuses only on their spouse so that they can, can do the best that they can do when they're doing, you know, uh, what they do professionally. And um, his lifestyle, well, our lifestyle at the time required a lot of activities, okay. a lot of, um, you know, social um, activities. And so I wanted to be that person for him because I didn't want him to have to worry about anything but work yep. because I knew how stressful that was. A lot of spectators uh, will go to an athletic event, just enjoy the game. But for me, I knew it was our livelihood. I knew that there was one mistake, one error, that that would be costly for our family or for uh, Mr. Someone's emotions, his mood. Uh, His job was broadcast on national television. And so that was a lot of pressure. And so I wanted to be supportive of that.
0: I don't think we ever think of it that way right? I I think as an outsider, right? Watching athletes and watching entertainers, I think we look at it from the, this is enjoyable. We are enjoying what they're performing or putting on, right? but I don't think we think about the, this is truly right. Their job, right? Mm -hmm. And if something goes wrong, Mm
1: -hmm. what the
0: fallout really is and what that means for families, but specifically mm-hmm. the spouse who is trying oh, yeah. to support, be, you know, um there to keep things together. And so I can imagine here you are young, this is new mm-hmm. and exciting, but you're also now dealing with all of the pressures that come with being an adult and an adult in the spotlight mm-hmm. when you talked about because you said you know he was older, you were still in school and then you were talking about moving into his career. At what stage though, did you guys get married? Did you get married like right after college?
1: So we got married, uh, the year after college. Okay. So after I graduated. doing it, so this was year two for him, post-college, year two for him, um, playing sports professionally. Okay. This was my first year out of college. So I am super young. Um, my only relationship that i had ever had which is which which for me was um a big commitment or a big leap of faith yes you know you've never you've only had one you know relationship that's your college sweetheart and you just you're committed to this person this is your ever after i never planned anything but growing old with with this person this was this was my the vow that i took i took them seriously i took them forever yeah and so, um, yeah, I was right after law school. Um, I was um, interning. Um, I'm sorry, not law school. This is right after undergrad. After undergrad, I a law later, yeah. This yeah. Is right after, after undergrad, um, I am working. I'm an intern, and uh, we got married that that year post undergrad. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: And so then you start your life. Things are going. You have, you know his career because his you, career you, you know, yeah it's mm-hmm. your focus was on him mm-hmm. and and moving in that direction when you again look back mm-hmm. right and you think about the steps and and everything is a learning experience right so you know um as you are getting older becoming more aware mm-hmm. Did there come a time where you started to say to yourself, you know, maybe I need to move forward with my own dreams, my own plans, my own kind of goals?
1: Absolutely. So, um, I started to, um, I became just sad that I didn't have something else to focus on. Okay. Um, His career was so big that I was happy to support him but I had extra time we didn't have any kids and um, I just I'm someone that likes to just stay busy I'm someone that cannot sit still for a very long time (laughs) Uh, and so I just I wanted to I always knew I wanted to be a lawyer and we talked about that before we got married and he was very supportive of that at first and so I always knew that was a dream of mine I always knew that that's what I wanted to do Um, but I was waiting just to see where we'd end up because with his job, he could be, be in any city and that, okay. that you could find that on a Tuesday have to be somewhere for practice that next day. Okay. And so then the family or the wife is responsible for moving the, the belongings, shutting down the life wherever you were yes. to the new city. And so there was so much uncertainty because um, it was just a hard lifestyle that. That people don't realize how how uncertain it can be okay and so not knowing where i was going to end up or where we would be um, residence wise i i waited just to become you know to, to apply for law school um and so when i did apply for law school he was very supportive he knew that was still a goal but I came to him, I told him, I said, I still want to do this. Is this something that that we can still do together? He said, absolutely. But his career was flourishing. Okay, He was flourishing in his career. He was thriving in his career. Um, and I, I'm telling you, I, I was his biggest fan. I was so excited for him. And so in my mind, I was thinking we could be this power couple together. Yes. We could be... Uh, both thriving and we could be both supporting each other in that way professionally and personally. And so um, I was just bored. I couldn't, I couldn't not do anything to me. <laughs> Yeah. I respect everybody who, who, who chooses a lifestyle that is not the same as mine. I respect it, but I'm just crazy. I just like yeah. to have my hands in a lot of little professional things.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, listen to each its own and, and, exactly. you know, the thing is this, I think certainly age had a lot to do with it here. You were young. You said you didn't have any kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and the, you know, and I think after a while, um, doing, and I hate to say nothing, but that's really what it is at that age without kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, there's only so many things you can buy in the store. Exactly. So many many times,
1: You can clean the refrigerator out, you know, there's only, there's only meals You can know how to cook There's, so, there's yes. only so, much you can do. so many workouts you can do. There's only so I many workouts my limit. there. I had reached my yes. limit of, of, of the things I could do on the side. I was ready to jump back in and to, and to get started back into my career.
0: So here you go. You decide mm-hmm. I'm jumping into my career. Is that the moment when you started to notice, Ooh, hmm, something's changing? Or at what point did things start to be like, huh? this is not necessarily the path that I thought we were headed down.
1: So I, we had an argument on our honeymoon. Okay. And we had an argument before our honey, ring, my, honey my honeymoon, I'm sorry, my honeymoon, um, where um, it was a really bad argument. And we both questioned if we were doing the right thing. And there were signs at the time, even before we were married, but we were just young and in love and we yeah. thought, well, we'll just love our way through it. Okay. Um, and we did premarital counseling. Um, we even did counseling. Once we realized we were really in a tough spot in our marriage, Okay. but um, no, at first he was very supportive. But as I look back, I see when his career started to decline, mine was on the rise. Okay. And so um, I always ask myself, you know, should I have, realize that hey he's going through a lot and what more can you do to help him Um, but i was so young i thought i was doing the best i could do and we didn't communicate well when we were both struggling with our own internal issues with him with his career um, his job was so stressful i still have stress um thinking about the stress that would happen on certain days when his career would be on TV. I just remember how stressful that would be. Um, but there was a, definitely a decline once the roles reversed. And that okay. means uh, my career was more active than his.
0: And you talked about. You ha- you had counseling, right? So it wasn't. An unkind, it wasn't unfamiliar to the 2 of you. Mm-hmm. It was a part of at least the conversation in let's try to get help. Um, but sometimes we know that counseling just isn't enough, right? Because mm-hmm. certainly counseling, you're meeting with a therapist and you're talking about things, but the real work, I would say any therapist will tell you is outside of the session. Mm-hmm. And so when things sure. aren't really following the path by which it's, Ooh, this is we're doing the work here and, and we're moving in the right direction. Um, that's when things start, I think to really change for most couples where it's, we're trying and it's just, it's just not working. Tell me at which point you had this realization of maybe divorce is where I'm headed.
1: Um, hard question. I'm sorry. Um, our relationship was unhealthy and it became a dangerous environment.
0: Okay.
1: And, um, I believe that looking back on it now, um, when you're unable to step away from an argument, when it escalates to such a dangerous place and you can't take a step away from that and just calm down and, you know, just reset, um, when your desire to be right, is bigger than your desire to love and protect your spouse. Um, that's when I realized it wasn't gonna work. Um, I grew up in a family where divorce was something that, you know, you don't get divorced, you know, everyone, you know, um, everyone stays together, you work through it, uh, you have to work through it. Um, and so I was really, really struggling with that even notion, I was embarrassed. I was afraid because we had so many mutual friends. I was afraid we'd know what would our friends think. Um, he had a public platform. And so I was worried about what you know that would do to him and his reputation. I didn't want him to struggle. I really didn't want him to struggle. Um, but we came to a point where it was just too dangerous to be together.
0: And safety always has to be the priority. Mm-hmm. It, it does it, it does despite mm-hmm. all of that despite mm-hmm. the shame the embarrassment despite mm-hmm. the i'm trying i'm trying we know that if if one is not safe it it you have to do what needs to be done to to get to that space and so how did you then navigate to protect your safety but also juggling these things, you know, how, how did you kind of say, okay, now I've got to make these steps forward, but I've got to do this really like walking on eggshells.
1: Um, I remember that, um, I had, I had an amazing therapist and I, I think everybody should go to therapy. Like seriously, (laughs) (laughs) therapist. Um, I would if to this day, if I saw her, I would give her the biggest hug and just tell her, thank you, because she really helped me. Um, just to help, she helped me regain strength and to know that I was still worth it. I was still um, I was still worth the time to invest in myself, despite being a divorced woman. And I always thought that that term divorcee or a divorced person was someone that was broken and damaged, but I truly was broken. I truly was damaged. Um, but she always reminded me, she said, I'm not asking for perfection, I'm asking you for progress. And so um, that's what she was looking for. And so she was my th- our therapist during premier no, We had my pastor for premarital, when we had marriage counseling within our marriage, she was our pastor for marriage counseling, and then after the divorce, she remained my therapist um, post-divorce, so I I needed therapy to help me heal. Um, I was severely depressed. Um, I am an attorney by trade, and so um, I can advocate for others, but I was paralyzed to advocate for myself. I had nothing in me that had a fight for myself because I was just, I was just sad. I felt horrible. I didn't want, I didn't know what to do. So I called you. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea what to do. I remember where I was. I remember where I was sitting when I called you. I don't even think I could even get the words out and you knew what I was calling you for. Um, I don't even think I, I couldn't even say I'm getting a divorce. I couldn't say that. I just, You knew exactly what needed to be done and you helped me. You held my hand, you stood beside me, you wiped my tears and you walked me through it. And I will never forget that.
0: So let me just say, right, that it is always a hard call to make and it's a hard call to receive. And you were on the calling and I was on the receiving and it was hard for both of us. And I share that because someone who's listening may be in the space of being like, I cannot make this call. But as you just referenced, I knew, I knew, I knew. And this is not someone who does this as a profession, right? This is knowing your friends, knowing people that you love that are hurting. And so it's so important that when you have somebody who is in your life, who's hurting that, you know, not just the signs because people are not always ready, right, it takes a while, it takes a while, but when they're ready, knowing that they're now ready and how we, we move and navigate but on the same Uh, on the same page, it's also hard, I think, to be the person picking up the phone to say, so now I really need help. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I will say black women, that's Mm -hmm. hard for us to do, right. Mm -hmm. It's hard for us to be vulnerable. It's hard for us to seek help. Um, because you never know, right. How the other person's going to not just receive it, but react. Right. And, and, especially when it becomes we're friends and you can get through this. This is fine. (laughs) Uh, You know, let's, Mm -hmm. you know, let's pray together, which I'm a huge, huge, huge person who will be the first to say, I will pray with anybody at any time. But I also recognize that one must put action behind faith and Mm -hmm. in spaces where one is not safe you have to move in in that space. And so um, you making that call, taking that step and allowing me to help you navigate that is a testament to you stepping out on faith, right? Mm -hmm. And then us together um, moving with intention and action. And so, so that listeners don't think that your story ends and your journey ends um, in the way that is sad, because it is not mm-hmm. right. This was this was wow. a journey, and there was this was, this was um, you know certainly trial, and by mm-hmm. trial meaning you know you went through some things, and this was a hard a hard space. However, there is life after one's divorce, mm-hmm. and for you. Mm-hmm. Can you share with us your journey, say post divorce? So you went through this very difficult kind of time and space and then how did you move forward?
1: Definitely, faith um, was a big part for me because um, I realized that um, I realized that there is a specific part of your life where, you have to determine what exactly do you want for yourself what do you want for your future and you have to go after that and um, if you are in a situation where you um, don't feel supported valued loved when you are um, you feel less than a person i didn't feel as i was a whole self i didn't feel as if it's so hard to talk about so i'm sorry <laughs> no this is I just felt. i just felt horrible about myself i remember removing mirrors because i didn't want to look in the mirror and look at myself um i thought i was just an ugly person who was never gonna and i remember him telling me that no one else is gonna love you and i believed it i really did but that wasn't true at all
0: at all, because if anybody no. has ever seen you, I'm telling you, like they're like, talk about gorgeous. I I can't even handle. It breaks my heart because I'm like, seriously, you know, you are the the embodiment of. I woke up like this, so I, I mean,
1: <laughs> it, it's
0: insane. But emotional abuse and um, you know, verbal abuse does a number on us. And, and, Mm -hmm. and, and so, and those things really last with us well past getting out of that relationship.
1: I I believe the emotional scars last longer than the physical scars. That was just my personal experience. So, um, that, that's something that I even still struggle with. And I hate to admit that now, seven, eight years, gosh, eight years later. But, um, so I, um, I had a friend that um, I saw because I was trying to just build myself back up. I had a, I have a really great family and a really great group of friends who wanted to make sure that I still saw value in myself because um, I just felt as if I had failed. I had failed in love. I failed in myself. I really felt that I even failed my ex husband. I really did because I thought and I believed that I could fix it. I really did i thought that just with just enough love that everything will be fine i really did and so i just with that true failure especially someone who tried so hard in school um, tried so hard with every endeavor i always give my all and anyone who knows me like you is that whenever i do something i put my all into it and so um i went through a really tough season of despair uh, intense depression um it took me a while to get out of it but um, with faith, I listen to I think this same gospel album over and over again. I'm telling you, on the we treadmill. all have our
0: favorite. <laughs>
1: <laughs> on repeat, I know every word. I'm singing like horribly so loud, but with faith, going to church, connecting with my friends, um, finding a way to pick myself up again. And mm-hmm. and I I read somewhere that it takes for every lie about yourself, you need seven truths to erase the lie. Oh. And so I had a friend who called me and she said, she was so funny. She pretended she had a deeper voice. She says, hi, my name is Daniel. I'm going to take you on a date. Was like, cool. She's like, girl, get your clothes. On. We're going out. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of you thinking you aren't worthy. You're not. You she's like, get, get your, she's like, comb your hair. Take a shower, <laughs> Get it together. Get it together. <laughs> we are going out. And then um, that my friends had, Um, it took me to dinner and they all just told me these beautiful truths about myself that I had forgotten. And that was something that truly helped me because, um, you remember those things you do. And I wasn't perfect in the relationship either. I want to make sure that's clear. I was not, I was far from perfect. There were things I would have done differently, but, um, my husband now is incredible. He is the reason why i truly know that god loves me god has shown me how much he's loved me through my husband um he is kind he's never risen his voice at me which is crazy because (laughs) i thought it was normal to yell like don't we don't doesn't everyone yell right (laughs) everyone scream um he always just um supports me um he takes my insecurities and that that was something that i struggled with my past relationship insecurities were used as tools to break me. Okay. But he, my husband now uses my insecurities to build me. So he changes the narratives for insecurities that I have and he makes them positive. And so, um, he's strong, he's quiet. He's, um, he speaks just with so much compassion and conviction. Um, he's loving, he's a great father. We have three kids. Um, and he's, He's wonderful. He's great. He's a wonderful guy. And and there's hope. I um anyone who is struggling to get out of bed, um, who has to I remember shaking. I remember shaking having to sign the divorce paper, like literally shaking. Like my hand was shaking so badly that when I put my pen on the paper, it was hard to even write. If you are struggling and you feel as if there is nowhere else to go, that you cannot get through this, you can. You really can. Really can. And so um, I'm so grateful for you, Kim. I'm grateful for your practice and what you're doing. Um, But I want anyone that's listening to just to know that there is hope. There really is hope. There's so much hope. And uh, I even look at the sunrise differently. I do. I look at even flowers blooming, I look at those differently because that just shows me that it's a new season. And sometimes change is good. It really is
0: I'm gonna end it right there because
1: I <laughs> I, I I
0: I'm change is good change is mm-hmm. good and and sometimes you know we have to um walk through fires to to get to the other side, but you truly are a testament to getting through and shining even brighter and mm-hmm. and you know having the life and the love that you deserve and have always deserved and so I appreciate you sharing today because I know that there's someone listening who is in this space and doesn't feel as though there's any hope left I want her to know that there is Mm -hmm. and having heard your journey And um, and your reminder that there's there is hope and that there's life on the other side, you know, will hopefully make the world a difference. So thank you for being and and sharing with us today. Thank you. You know, we appreciate you.
1: Thank you. I am so glad, so glad that there are women in this world that have a Kimberly because. You gave me, it's it's almost as if you breathe extra strength into my body, into my bones, because I would not have gotten through that without you. And I will forever be grateful. There are not enough words in the dictionary that could even describe how much I appreciate you. you. thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast. Remember, though you may be going through a difficult time, you're grown and you got this. Please be sure to tell your girlfriends about us. Follow us on Instagram at growngirldivorce, divorce and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on any new conversations. The conversations on this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to substitute working directly with a lawyer. These episodes are not to be used as a basis to support or defend any legal action and transcripts or recordings of the podcast may not be used for any purpose without the direct written permission of the podcast owner.